and welcome and special welcome to Ali. Um, Ali, great to have you have you with us. Ali, you want to just tell us a bit about who you are and what you and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Andy. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Ali Bolton. I'm a new housing pioneer. So I've been on the ground in new housing for the last 12 years or so, uh, where we've just unconditionally loved, blessed and served the community and seen a new, new uh, community of faith emerge. Um, I also do things on a wider kind of scale now. So uh, along with my friend Penny Marsh, uh, we've uh, founded a new housing hub, which is a ecumenical network with a vision to share God's love in every new housing estate and uh, I'm a Baptist minister and I'm a, a Baptist pioneer ambassador for the Baptist family. That's a great term. <laughs> that is a great term yeah yeah it's a great term. we don't quite know what it means but you know we're sort of like cheering <laughs> on <laughs> cheering on the pioneers in the Baptist family and I'm involved in other things like leadership of fresh expressions and lecturing at CMS. So I, I live by faith and I do also I do that's why I do a whole range of kind of things that God's called me into. That sounds really that sounds really exciting and so tell me a bit about the new housing stuff how did how did you first develop a passion for this how did you sort of realize this was an area that God was opening up? Well you know they always say the answer is Jesus well you'll find a lot of my answers are Jesus which is a bit boring. It might sound like a squirrel but I think it's Jesus to me yeah. Yeah exactly. <laughs> well, no, the answer's got to be Jesus but it sounds like a squirrel. <laughs> So, yeah, I was in a, a Baptist minister's prayer meeting for those of you other traditions. I don't know. You might you might call them a cluster meeting or a, a uh, chapter. Oh, I've forgotten what they're called. A chapter, chapter, you know, one of those kind of things, which I don't know what it's like uh, in other traditions. But ours don't tend to be sort of really, really kind of wacky and exciting. We meet on a lunchtime. We, sh we share some lunch. We have a chat, you know. Um, but during that time, one of the other Baptist ministers said, could we pray for this new place? And I said, oh, I don't know what that is. And he said, oh, you know, it's the new housing estate that's going to be built in the south of the town. And um, there was a group, an ecumenical prayer group who were there, who were praying and various different denominations had tried to see whether they, nothing was built yet, but were trying to see if they could plan to do something. And none of it had worked out. And he said, you know, I wonder if God's saying we just need to pray into this. Is there something that God's calling us to do? And as I bent my head to pray, I had just like this amazing encounter with God and uh, you know it doesn't speak well of me to say I wasn't really expecting when I bent my head to, to pray to have this massive experience of God do, do you know what I mean like <laughs> we should we <laughs> yeah. should expect when we pray and we're coming for the the king of kings and the lord of lords and the creator of the universe that that's quite a significant thing but I think sometimes we do it a bit more you know a bit more casually don't we and um, yeah, I just had this huge call from God. That's where I want you and your family to go. Mm -hmm. And um, that actually started about 24 hours of, of words and visions and pictures. And I don't have this. I'd love to say I have this every day of the week, Andy. That's the sort of <laughs> Christian I am. I'm not. This was rare. This was a rare thing to have this kind of, you know, of sort of level of calling. And then obviously I went through about 14 months of discernment, of talking to people who are wiser and spiritual and gathering a team and wondering about how we would ever afford it. Because that was my husband's first thing was, well, we couldn't ever possibly afford to do this. Um, and then I ended up here and with this sort of huge call from God that it's gradually become, I've become more and more passionate about it over the years. Brilliant. And so, so how would you, how did you start once you moved in how did, and when things were being built? How did you start building relationships with your new neighbours and your and the neighbours that start to pop up in new houses? How, how, what, what did you do? 
Yeah, so that was interesting because one of the words that somebody gave me, prophetic words that someone gave me really early on, a mutual friend of ours actually, um, was that in fact uh, their wife um, said that they felt, God, I was going to be there right at the beginning. I didn't know what that meant, but actually we moved in a month before the first house, a month before anyone else moved in. And some people around me, depending on their sort of uh, way that they kind of viewed church and stuff, some people called me a church planter and that's a church planting group but I really felt that God had called me right from that first day when he spoke to me to unconditionally bless that new community mm. I did believe something a, a church gathering would emerge and I believed that I was church me and my family right from the day we moved in um, but I wasn't proactive about that I just felt that God had laid on my heart that we should unconditionally bless the community the whole genesis 12 one to three calling of abraham where you know and god says to everyone go to this place that i've told you to go to i'll bless you in order to be a blessing and we felt that we'd been kind of blessed by god and called by god to be an unconditional blessing so um part of that was to kind of listen to the community and things so we tried not to put any plans in place but before we moved in, I met with the housing association and we sort of had this feeling like we wanted to unconditionally bless by visiting everyone with a welcome basket. We had no money. So I'm a visionary, which at times is good, Andy, and at times just means the opposite of being a realist. <laughs> so, I've been accused of that. <laughs> we'll do this, you know, people think you're terribly spiritual if you say you're a visionary, but you know, it's just one of the gifts. You also need realists who come in and go, well, how are we actually buy this stuff and do this stuff? You know, we're all part of the body of Christ together, aren't we? And no one gift is above another so I'd had this sort of vision to do this but it was through the met with the housing association well they they searched me out and met me and kind of said what are you going to do and I said well we're just going to serve and listen to this community and they said if we give you five thousand pounds would that help it's interesting because he's yeah, really, that might help <laughs> he's a really committed atheist the, the guy he's wonderful I think a person of peace and really yeah, interesting right. how God has used him and so we had this money and so I worked with the housing association and it was all social housing to begin with um, because it was in the middle of the credit crunch, nobody in the private housing could move in. And I worked kind of with them so that I visited all of these new guys moving into their homes on the day they moved in with a welcome basket. But for me, it was a theological thing as well as a practical thing. For me, it was in embodying the unconditional blessing of God. I didn't say that to people. I didn't. I felt like God had said, don't talk about me. I told everyone I was a minister, but I, but I was, you know, their neighbour. We were here to just you know, work together, all faiths and none, what could we do to make this a great place to live? Mm. And I, I told them all about how they could get hold of me. So I was kind of unconditionally laying down my life, but I didn't ask them anything about who they were. Some people told me their life story because yeah. they were so excited. You know, a third of the people moving into these new houses had been designated homeless before they moved in. They had this brand new property and I was there and willing to listen. So some people told me everything. Some people just said, oh, that, that's really nice, Ali, thank you. And I'm so-and-so and my children are, mostly it was family, so my children are these people. And some people just said, thank you very much. Mm. And that was fine. It wasn't about building contacts or, you know, making a list of people that might, you know, try and somehow get to do stuff. It wasn't any of that. It was just, <laughs> we want to bless you. And I just made loads of friends, loads of friends. You know, initially around things like phoning us up to say, how do we get, we had all this brand new state-of-the-art internet, you know, and people were like, how do we get connected? And my husband's a pretty dab hand on that. <laughs> so we'd go around and, and just chat and help and just make friends. Yeah. And then, you know, that's, that's sort of our really initial kind of way of just getting to know people.
I, ch I chaired a thing in um, in Bristol. It was funny actually. Um, I, it took me it took me months to actually meet Ali. But everywhere I went, it was like, oh, you need to you need to chat to Ali Bolton. She, before I met her, it was like she was like this legend in her own lifetime. Everyone's yeah. Oh god. <laughs> it was always scary, isn't it? But, um, it is a bit but, scary. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the guys who were who actually were doing this, most of the stuff on um, in housing stuff because actually the stuff that was built in Kingswood actually came after I left, <laughs> which was ironic. So I um, so I was chairing a group where I wasn't actually. <laughs> able to do anything really till it because the housing came later but um we had one guy who was what he what he did was he he used to visit them a bit like he was a welcome pack but he but one of his jobs he used to seem to do was he was always driving people to places like um doctors and all those sort of things he did as like a thing and that, and another girl did like a lots of macmillan coffee mornings and those little coffee morning things and you know lots of little just those little things that yeah. people together pancake and um, john one of my, my pioneers did like pancakes um you know again for the community and and chocolate with trickle it's amazing those little things that can make such a big difference just gathers people people together the best one was someone in fair trade fortnight was when she was when this girl rachel started work and she did the whole week dressed up as a fair trade banana and <laughs> to, to advertise, advertise fair trade stuff and like i say you got thousands of conversations just because well you would wouldn't you you would talk to someone dressed up as a banana because yeah you don't often see someone dressed up as a banana but yeah it's amazing just it's amazing how sometimes a little thing a little blessing can be huge when i was at CNN, yeah. one of oh sorry oh one i was of, gonna say yeah that whole friendship thing is really big for us yeah that's one of our sort of underlying values yeah it's just being friends <clears throat> so not being like the professional or you know all of that but just I, I used to drive loads of people around but also I think the whole listening thing as well so we really felt that God had said to us that he'd tell us what to do through the community and that's how we'd know you know a lot of people talk about where's the Holy Spirit at work and join in don't they yeah, yeah. I don't know about you Andy but I can't see tongues of fire on people's heads and I go oh yeah well you know it's over there yeah, how, it's how do we fire. know <laughs> yeah, yeah that's just my daily no no it isn't so. yeah that's yeah. your daily experience I'm sure it is but you know for me <laughs> and so we felt like God had said he would tell us what to do through people and so we listened just yeah. really you know, we still do you know over 12 years on we're still about listening to God through the community and so it was it was people who live locally who said you know oh wouldn't it be great if the the parents of small children got together so you know mm. we sort of got together my husband wouldn't it be great if a toddler group started or mm. wouldn't it be great if if the, there was somewhere where the teenagers could hang out um and so all of those things including all the Christian stuff that we did all came by invitation from the community yeah. most you know absolute majority of whom no no faith or any interest in it and yet invited us in the end to sort of start a gathering do a god club for kids and all sorts of other things so yeah it's definitely it's the, it's the making friends isn't it and the listening to god through those people is massive it's those, often it's those little things that cause a catalyst, isn't it? Even yeah. if it's just a silly chat about someone dressed up as a banana that you have a bit of a joke about, <laughs> next time you see them, you remember you've had a bit of banter. And, you know, sometimes yeah. just, some, again, we used to think with street passes, sometimes it is just that, that little thing that enables a, a joke or conversation to happen that next time makes the conversation that little bit easier. But, you know, sometimes those tiny things can make a massive... Yeah. And also yeah, um, James... One of our lecturers used to say, what's it? We often talk about, see what God's, bless what God's doing. And he, and he said it's the other way around. He said we ought to bless and see what God does with it. And yeah. I think that's a much more helpful thing. Just lots of blessing. And that's often the catalyst for friendship or, or getting to know people or just, yeah. Just, 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 yeah, connection really. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it is the little thing. So one of my kind of spiritual disciplines is saying hello to people I meet as I walk about. Yeah. So in the beginning, I knew everybody here, but obviously over the years, 
you know, people move, you know, people are coming and going and people don't stay on the estate necessarily for very long. Um, but just smiling at people and saying good morning and saying hello. And like you say, that little thing, they've said hello, if you'd see them regularly, that builds up into a conversation or, yeah. you know, all of those things. And they, they seem tiny, don't they? And just, and sometimes it has been hard to say hello to people. I've had to sort of make myself do it because you have all those sort of things of like, they don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm a middle-aged woman, you know, if I'm passing a group of, you know, early twenties guys, I think they're going to think it's really weird that this middle-aged woman is saying hello to them, especially if there's any other kind of cultural boundaries or whatever, you know, if we're different kind of, you know, if you've got ethnic boundaries and things and you sort of think, oh, are they just going to think I'm really weird? Why is this kind of white middle-aged woman doing this? And yeah, you know, people smile and are friendly and say hello back. And actually we like it, don't we? We like human contact and yeah. it's made me kind of feel like stop, you know, stop differentiating we're all just human beings just say hello to everyone smile and if people don't say hello that's 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 fine as well but that's not usually my experience usually people are you know pleased yeah no definitely so, so you you came onto the estate as a as a, as a minister where, where with that sort of minister label uh, i guess there's a lot of people watching this who are probably just living on new housing or or stuff being built around them or, or maybe even just moving into a new area and watching this thinking well I'm not a vicar. What, 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 can, what can I do? What would you, what would you say to, what would you say to just a random Christian who wants to, yeah. who wants to bless where they live? A beloved Christian. Beloved, He's yeah. definitely loved by God. Well, firstly, it's interesting that most people had no idea what a Baptist minister was anyway. So it was a long time in before people realized that that had much to do with you know, like, like people didn't know that I could do funerals and those sorts of things because yeah. they didn't. So I think and lots of people, they don't actually care. You know, I say to some people, you know, people beyond the church, you could be the Archbishop of Canterbury going into their area, but that doesn't mean anything to, pe to a lot of people beyond the church, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so I think in one way, it sort of doesn't matter. But I do appreciate that also I came in with time i think that's one of the things that i had that a lot of other people who were just who've got another job you know to do won't have but i mean i think i think the principles remain the same really yeah. you know say hello whether it's a new community or an existing community say hello I, mean, I think during covid mm. it's really helped not make it weird say hello to people so one of my things is don't be weird so if you you know if you don't know any of your your neighbors at the moment or people in your community there's times when it's not weird to knock and say hello and there's times when it is weird isn't it do you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. so if you just knock got a sort of some random time and go hey <laughs> like, like, why, why are you here you know you sort of break in the social boundaries if on the other hand it's just before christmas or it's it's valentine's day or it's easter or something and you arrive and you go oh i'm just like giving candles out my neighbours at Christmas you know or I'm just want to say hello I've just bought you a little cabbage cream egg to say hello or you know I've bought you a little bit of chocolate because Valentine's Day and we all need to know we're loved or something like that you begin to get a little bit of a non-weird hook mm. if you've just moved in that's a great time to visit people because you're you're a new neighbour and you can go and say hello but I think it's finding that little non-weird time yeah. where people are out walking their dog but I think all the principles are the same you know be a blessing Try not to put that whole, 
right, I've got to do something that's really significant for God now. You know, I've got to make sure I've, I've gathered together a hundred people and doing something massive. Yeah. You know, I think, I think let's just, like you say, let's just go out and bless and let's leave all of those things that feel like the big things to God rather than trying to initiate things that are, you know, they're all above our pay grade. That's kind of God's pay grade. Mm. And, you, you know, what we're called to do is just to bless and be friends. So, you know, I would just say, if you've got a dog, say hello to other dog walkers. If you've got small children, connect with small children. If you're a middle-aged person without children, especially women, we really get, I love kids. We really get away with saying hello to babies and things. Mm. Very non-threatening. Mm. Um, you know, say hello, visit your neighbours. I think put yourself out there in terms of friendship. Mm. So during COVID, you know, I've messaged people who I'm not really on messaging terms with. Do, mm. do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. that'd be just on a, a Facebook, know them on Facebook, you know, our community Facebook pages or pass them in the street. But I've really kind of prayed that God will lay on my heart. Who should I contact? So I've, you know, I've put myself out there a bit and messaged people mm. and just gone, Hi. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sort of thinking about you. We don't see each other now in the street. So just checking how you're doing and things so you do you know you you are making yourself vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there but I think as long as it's kind and it's a genuine unconditional blessing you're not trying to manipulate someone to do something you're just loving them then put yourself out there in friendship and I don't think it matters what what badge you wear of denomination or church or status whatever status within church looks like discuss we're just people aren't we you know the old cliche from which of the films is it where it's i'm just a boy looking at a girl you know in the end we're just oh, um, one, yeah yeah we're just one human being aren't we with another human being that we want to love and that's that's what we've been called to in fact as i stepped away from vickering one of the things that one of the things i found that i quite like now is the fact that i you know people are saying you know and people's mate because I like them and they like me and it's just normal. You, you always felt like people sometimes thought you're only being nice to us because you're the vicar. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. do, do you know what I mean? You know, you're paid to be nice to me, you know, but um, actually, no, no, we're, <laughs> we're mates because we're mates. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, other si really silly question, um, but um, you just live, live on the way where you live and stuff. Um, Talking to another, talking to some other pioneers about stuff. I wrote an article a while ago about dog collars. Um, do you do, is there anything about you that looks vickery, or do you just wander around looking <laughs> normal? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a Baptist minister, so it's not particularly in our traditions where dog collar. Although some Baptist ministers do for a whole sort of variety of reasons, uh, Baptist chaplains generally would, and and people yeah. in those sort of situations. So I don't wear my my dog collar like I was saying a lot of people didn't have no idea what a Baptist minister yeah. is so didn't know that I was somebody within the church so it was you know didn't kind of look at me in that way I occasionally wear my dog collar but I do tend to wear it for things like if I'm going to hospital in an emergency yeah um put that on there that's not really for the person that I'm going to see it's more if I'm going out of hours if there's a crisis then yeah that makes sense you know those sorts of things um i'll wear it for funerals if people would like that sometimes it just for people who don't know anything about who you are mm -hmm. it distinguishes oh yeah i'm i'm the safe person that you can talk to here i'm the person mm -hmm. who's sort of going to hold all this and it's all going to be fine mm -hmm. um so those sorts of situations i i sadly go to court um support people in court especially we've got quite a bit of um 
poverty I guess and in our community and so um, sometimes eviction and rent arrears and things are an issue and uh, so in those times I would wear my dog collar so in those sorts of times when the first time I went I didn't wear my dog collar the judge was like who's who's this <laughs> and I realized you know so those times but not in terms of being out in the community and people just get to know me as Ali mm. um, I'm very open about the fact that I'm a Christian um, but but they know me as Ali, yeah. as Ali and as a as it makes a difference that I live here so when people meet me and they say where they live and I say oh I live in so and so and they go oh you live you live here yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're one of us, well, and often sometimes we feel like we're parachuted into yeah. places. Um, I used to feel yeah. one of the things that, where I did a lot of my work was in the most deprived end of the parish, uh, my parish, and not living there felt like one of because I lived in the opposite end of it, and it was just where they happened to have a house, but it was it took a lot of time to build yeah. relationships with the community I didn't live in. Um, but yeah, that was, that was hard. Um, yeah, I think sometimes people think I'm either a, a community worker or I work for the council or the housing association. Yeah, when they realise I'm not employed by any of those people. Yeah. Uh, in fact, not employed by anybody. <laughs> I just, you know. If you were going to talk to yourself, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 sort of talk to yourself before you started all of this, what would be sort of maybe the three lessons you'd like to, you'd like to have said to, to yourself, now, knowing what you know? Oh, I can't, uh, yeah, I'll start that again. If you could talk to yourself, an earlier version of yourself, knowing what you know now, what would you, what, would, what do you think you'd say as your bits of, bits of wise advice to, to you? Yeah, I mean, um, one, coming back to the answer is always Jesus. I think I would, I would want to say, you know, God has got this. Yeah. Because pioneering, you know, even these many years on, it's fragile. Mm. It's, you know, faith is fragile in, in people. Um, so I think it's something like, you know, I think I would really just say, you know what, it's fragile. Mm. That's okay. I'm not, we're not about being part of the middle of an institution which can feel solid. We're more about, you know, being in a sort of a fragile situation, but God has got it. Mm. So I think that that would be one thing. Um, I think that I, I think you sort of want to do everything and be all things to all people mm. at the beginning. Um, and especially because like in a new housing estate, it grows gradually. Mm. So you can sort of know everybody at the beginning. Mm. Um, but you can't, you can't do that forever. So what does it look like to be able to sort of be friends with everybody, but you can't be best, you can't be those kind of internet best friends with everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to sort of hold that and, and sort of feel okay about it. I've learned a lot about not making a drama into a crisis. Mm -hmm. So I've learned a lot about things that, because I'm living much more incarnation, I'm much more involved in people's lives. So I've been called out to all kinds of situations. Um, and I think I've learned a lot about how to be a, a, a non-anxious presence and uh, sort of dial things down. I think working in challenging secondary schools has helped with that because <laughs> I worked, you know, in situations where where situations could explode into something big and, or you can normalise it. So I think there's something around that. I think I've learned how to have boundaries that are friendship boundaries 
I was really, when I moved in, I really didn't want to be that professional kind of, this is my day off and you can contact me between these hours. Mm. That's not how I, how I work. I'm here as friends. Mm. On the other hand, you can't actually be available 24 seven. Otherwise you just, you just collapse and burn out. Yeah, that's true. So how, so I think I would have talked to myself more about it's okay to have friendship boundaries. You know, I have boundaries from my best friends. If my best friend phones when I'm, you know, on a date night with my husband, I don't pick the phone up. That's, but that's not a work. That's, we're still friends, you know, but there are boundaries there. I wouldn't pick the friend, my phone up to my children unless it was a, an, you know, unless they texted and said it was an emergency. But I wouldn't pick up the phone to my, my, my adult children when I was at work, for instance, but I still love them and I'm still in relationship with them. So I think what would have been really great for me early on was to have, have thought about what do friendship, loving friendship boundaries look like? Because the mm -hmm. only thing as a minister I was talked about was kind of professional boundaries. Mm -hmm. And they, they just went against everything that I, I believed in. So, so mm -hmm. I put myself through a bit of heartache and a bit of going towards burnout before I worked out some of those, some of those things. I, def that, I think that would have been a big thing for me. Brilliant. No, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ali. And have you got, have you got one last thought you'd like to, to end with? Anything you'd like to say if you're like, a, I don't know, a, a, final, a final closing? I suppose I just want to encourage everyone, if you've got new housing near you, I really want, you know, I guess, just want us as Christians to be a prophetic voice of welcome rather than a prophetic voice of protest, which yeah. loads of people are. I'd love to see us as Christians being radically welcoming, even if you don't live in the area, if you live near the area let's campaign for more social housing rather than less mm. and let's all join in whatever our tradition or denomination with sharing god's love in every new housing area we'll only do it if we all do it together mm. um you know so that's what i'd really love to kind of and encourage I, and I, people to do and i guess too there's people who maybe who are, who are starting to work from home now who maybe have a chance to meet neighbors even if they've lived Absolutely. in the area for a while so actually you might think, well, I've not, not got new housing, but you might think, well, I'm about a bit more. <laughs> I can maybe say hi to people a bit more and bless them, radically welcome. And, yeah, and I guess I say my vision is to, to work together to share God's love in every new housing area, uh, because that's sort of the field I'm operating in. But actually, I want us to work together to share God's love everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's almost too big a vision to make a difference <laughs> So I've sort of narrowed it down, but yeah, wherever you're in, rural, suburban, inner city, wherever you are, let's work together to, to make sure that everybody knows that they are loved by God. Oh man, that's brilliant. Thank you so much, Ali. Brilliant. Thanks, Andy.